Hello and welcome everyone. I hope you're doing great. This is Teacher Lewis here, slowly reading the news for you so that you can practice and improve your listening comprehension. Don't forget that we have the best courses for every student, every level. Now, let us begin. Are you ready? The first section is World News. This is the title. New Zealand isn't just flattening the curve, it's squashing it. Havelock North, New Zealand. It's been less than two weeks since New Zealand imposed a coronavirus lockdown so strict that swimming at the beach and hunting in bushland were banned. They're not essential activities. Plus, we've been told not to do anything that could divert emergency services resources. People have been walking and biking strictly in their neighborhoods, lining up six feet apart while waiting to go one-in-one in one out into grocery stores, and joining swaths of the world in discovering the vagaries of homeschooling. It took only 10 days for signs that the approach here, elimination, rather than the containment goal of the United States and other Western countries, is working. The number of new cases has fallen for two consecutive days, despite a huge increase in testing, with 54 confirmed or probable cases reported Tuesday. That means the number of people who have recovered, 65, exceeds the number of daily infections. The signs are promising, Ashley Bloomfield, the Director General of Health, said Tuesday. The speedy results have led to calls to ease the lockdown conditions even a little. For the four-day Easter holiday, especially as summer lingers on. But Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is adamant that New Zealand will complete four weeks of lockdown, two full 14-day incubation cycles before letting up. She has, however, given the Easter Bunny special dispensation to work this weekend. How has New Zealand, a country I still call home after 20 years abroad, controlled its outbreak so quickly? When I arrived here a month ago, traveling from the epicenter of China via the hotspot of South Korea, I was shocked that officials did not take my temperature at the airport. I was told simply to self-isolate for 14 days. I did. But with the coronavirus tearing through Italy and spreading in the United States, this heavily tourism-reliant country, it gets about 4 million international visitors a year, almost as many as its total population, did the previously unthinkable. It shut its borders to foreigners on March 19. Two days later, Adern delivered a televised address from her office. The first time since 1982, that an Oval Office-style speech had been given, announcing a coronavirus response alert plan, involving four stages, with full lockdown being level four. A group of influential leaders got on the phone with her following day to urge moving to level four. 
We were hugely worried about what was happening in Italy and Spain, said one of them, Stephen Tyndall, founder of the warehouse New Zealand's largest retailer. If we didn't shut down quickly enough, the pain was going to go on for a very long time. He said in a phone interview, it's inevitable that we will have to shut down anyway, so we would rather it be sharp and short. On the Monday, March 23, Atern delivered another statement and gave the country 48 hours to prepare for a level 4 lockdown. We currently have 102 cases, she said, but so did Italy once. Let's now move on to technology. This is the headline. WhatsApp limits message forwarding to curb misinformation spread. WhatsApp is cracking down on messaging forwarding, it said Tuesday, in an effort to control the spread of misinformation linked to the coronavirus outbreak. If you get a message that's been forwarded more than five times, you can only forward it to one chat at a time. Before now, you could send such messages to five chats at a time. A limit, the Facebook-owned messaging service imposed last year. Okay, let's now move on to a second news from the technology section. This is the headline. Artificial intelligence may be pandemic lifesaver one day. On December 30, researchers using artificial intelligence systems to come through media and social platforms detected the spread of an unusual flu-like illness in Wuhan, China. It would be days before the World Health Organization released a risk assessment and a full month before the UN agency declared a global public health emergency for the novel coronavirus. Could the AI systems have accelerated the process and limited or even arrested the extent of the COVID-19 pandemic? Clark Freifield a Northeastern University computer scientist working with the global disease surveillance platform HealthMap, one of the systems detecting the outbreak, said it remains an open question. We identified the early signals, but the reality is it's hard to tell when you have an unidentified respiratory illness if it's a really serious situation, said Freifeld. Datamir, a real-time risk detection technology firm, said it delivered the earliest warning about COVID-19 on December 30 based on eyewitness accounts from inside Wuhan hospitals. Pictures of the disinfection of the Wuhan seafood market where the virus originated and a warning by a Chinese doctor who later died from the virus himself. One of our biggest challenges is we tend to be reactive in these situations. It's human nature, said Cameron Kahn, 
founder and chief executive of the Toronto-based disease tracking firm Blue Dot. One of the early systems that flashed warning flags in December over the epidemic. Whenever you're dealing with a new emerging disease, you don't have all the answers. Time is your most valuable resource. You cannot get it back. Ken, who is also a professor of medicine and public health at the University of Toronto, told AFP by telephone the data showed echoes of the SARS outbreak 17 years earlier, but we didn't know was how contagious this was. Nevertheless, AI systems have proven to be valuable in tracking epidemics by scouring a diverse array of sources ranging from airline bookings, Twitters and Weibo messages to news reports and sensors on connected devices. Humans in the loop. Still, Freifeld said AI systems have limits and the big decisions must still be made by humans. We use the AI systems as a force multiplier, but we are committed to the concept of having humans in the loop, he said. AI and machine learning systems are likely to help the, the battle in several ways, from tracking the outbreak itself to speeding up drug testing. We can run simulations unlike we've ever done before. We understand biological pathways unlike we've ever understood before. And that's all because of the power of AI, said Michael Greeley of the equity firm Fleur Capital Partners, which has invested in several AI medical startups. But Greeley said it remains challenging to apply these technologies to sectors like drug delivery where the normal testing time can be years. There is extraordinary pressure on the industry to start using these tools even through the May not be ready for prime time, he said. According to Ken, AI is helping in the containment phase with systems that used anonymized smartphone location data to track the progression of the disease and find hotspots, and to determine if people are following social distancing guidelines. Andrew Kress, CEO of the health technology firm Health Verity, said it remains challenging to collect medical data for disease outbreaks while complying with patient privacy.